Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Greetings, salutations, and hello to all of my unlucky lounge rats out there tuning in to another episode of Draft and Draft. This is a special extra drop to all of my listeners on a pretty spicy deck tech that uh, just happened to me a second ago on Magic Arena. And I want to give you some, let's say, up-to-date insights on a interesting deck that I put together uh, for M21. Uh, as always, you know me. My name is Corey, joined alongside Borok. And the two of us are here to bring you some drafts and drafts, brews and brews, and of course, a good time to help you celebrate your travels throughout the multiverse. As always, this podcast is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Check them out at bleav.com or wherever you download your podcasts. Also, find us on social media, Instagram, Corey, Damone, Enriquez, on Twitter, Draft and Draft Corey, and of course, our Patreon, Draft and Draft and MTG Podcast. Let's get straight to this little bonus mini episode of draft and draft we're still kicking along with m21 best of one it's pretty difficult considering that for the most part so many cards are playable it's just true at the end of any given draft i'm looking at upwards towards 25 26 playables all of which can make the deck in some way shape or form and finding out the exact texture and what your deck is trying to do is key to victory to allow you to omit certain cards and put in other ones and in all honesty that little extra function of trying to figure out what your deck is doing and making the strongest plan that you can is going to lead you to more victories in best of one because without sideboarding and without the ability to plan against your opponent, being able to create a board state that's untenable, that is something that most decks can't deal with, is going to be key to more Ws. And in this particular draft, I start off with a Pursued Whale, the 8-8 for 7 that lures your opponent's creatures with the 1-1 token that you give them. And I thought... This is a strong card. We can maybe go different routes. We can go green, blue, mana acceleration, maybe some kind of control deck, or of course, as we talked about in our last episode with Mr. Turtle, a reanimation package. Blue, black, perfect. Put my money where my mouth is with the last episode. Next pick, a Gourmand. The first two picks didn't have much in the way of good two-costing removal as I definitely advocate in this format, so I decided to take some big payoffs and hopefully see some value with Rise Agains or maybe Obsessive Stitcher. Well, as the draft developed, it was quite clear that blue was not very available, and considering that I started on two cards, both of which are very valuable in the blue-black reanimation deck. I thought this might be some trouble, but as fate would have it, apparently we can reanimate and we don't even need the blue side of things. You think to yourself, if I'm not blue, what about Obsessive Stitcher? What about all the looting? What about just drawing the cards you need to get to the value that you need to? Well, it turns out that there's probably another deck in this format that I've heard Lords of Limited talk about, but I think it has some value. And that is a black main package with a splash of red involved in the deck construction as well. Now, 
one of the cards that clearly is getting some big push, a second surge as M21 is starting to chug underway and people are learning more about the format is Crypt Lurker. The 3-4 for 4 that when it enters the battlefield you can sack a creature or discard a creature card from your hand and draw a card. Well, those cards can go somewhat late. They can table around and in a main black shell it helps you with your rise against. It turns out there are a few extra cards as well that I didn't think about at first blush that could make for a good black reanimation package. Another such card is Thrill of Possibility. The one and a red instant speed discard a card, draw two cards. A great outlet to just have an extra discard to put something in the yard. That was sweet, along with the three Crypt Lurkers that are relatively well positioned in this format. Four Toughness on a four drop, putting it out of range of Scorching Dragonfire and being a relatively good blocker for most ground uh, threats in the format makes this card very contendable and very defensible. And when your opponent captures Sphere or something and then you sack it to draw a card, that is chef's kiss worth of value. So this deck at the end looked pretty okay. It was black, red, with some additional discard, having Gormond in the yard. We put Pursued Wailed in. We even have the 8-6 for 7, that when it gets blocked, you drain your opponent for 2. I forget the name off the top of my head, and this is just a quick random deck tech that I want to send out to you all here on a, on a happy Friday kind of feel. And I dug into my first game. Now, there's also this kind of sub-theme in the deck as well, where I was playing multiple copies of certain cards because I had a a Chrome Replicator. Another card that I think actually gets bolstered with reanimation. You can set up a world where you have some random things that don't look too appealing to your opponent, you take a little bit of extra damage, and then when you reanimate your Chrome Replicator, you get two 4-4s. Four Man, who doesn't love a good Broodmate Dragon at Uncommon? I'll tell you something, I do. So I was playing out this game, and just slowly getting some value, and I forgot that there was another rare that I put in the deck that I first picked out of pack three and I just took it because it was generically good in black and I didn't even think about it with this reanimation package that I have in the deck. Well, Borak, let's give our listeners a chance to guess. So consider this a little bit of M21 trivia. So this is a rare in black. It's kind of generically good and can go in any black deck. It just so happens to be good in reanimation sub-themes because it has a way to discard because it has another way of casting the card. Borak, with all that information, do you have any idea of the card I'm talking about? Well, Borak, I was kind of surprised that this card was on theme for reanimation anyway. Listeners, I'm going to give you an extra second to submit your final guesses. Time is up, and out there in Monoscrew Manor land, if you guessed the card Demonic Embrace, well then, you are absolutely correct. And that is exactly how I felt when I discarded my Pursued Whale in my red-black sub-theme reanimation deck, and then brought it to the battlefield with Rise again on the next turn. Borok, I was stunned that there are just 
so many more little interactions in this reanimation sub-theme in M21. It's not just necessarily a blue-black deck. Yeah, I guess I was just kind of stunned when I dug a little bit deeper into this reanimation deck and found there was a lot more incidental discarding enabling for a black reanimation package. And the presence of Rise Again being at common, making it pretty gosh darn accessible for this entire archetype, is such a smart move by game design. This little change and shift in rarity is going to provide hopefully a pretty big push in the future for how we're going to perceive reanimation decks in coming limited environments. This does, though, bring me to highlight a couple insights beyond just the fact that common reanimation, I think, is a really neat way of moving forward. First off, splashing off-color payoffs is totally a thing. If you have, say, five discard outlets, maybe one or two of them being repeatable, it's not outside the realm of possibility to play something completely outside of your color pie and maybe take a, a few gain lands here and there to potentially support actually casting it from your hand. But even if you have, say, a double red-pipped flying dragon in a blue-black deck without actual mana sources to cast the card, I still think it's pretty okay to just put it in there and find one of your multiple ways of discarding it and bring it back with Rise Again. The other thing to kind of just think about with the black-red reanimation package, or just the reanimation package in general, is when you're thinking about what to bring back, really think about what value you're going to get by cheating it out for one or two less mana costs and getting an extra turn or two to attack with it. If you're bringing, say, a Colossal Dreadmaw from the graveyard, a 6-6 with Trample, sure, it's nice to have an attacker a little bit earlier, but in the whole gauge of the game, having one additional blocker when, say, a red-white or a blue-red deck is just out-tempoing you and going wide, it's just not that valuable. I think what you need is an immediate impact on the game with the card that you bring back from the graveyard. The other thing, too, is you want to make sure that if you're reanimating these things back, that it has long-term sustainability. It's not just going to be for a block. It's not just going to be for an attack that if you're able to stick this threat and let it stay over multiple turns, then I think it has some value. So that means you also need to look at what kind of removal spells are going to destroy this card. Take, for example, the Flying Dragon I mentioned before that I splashed in my blue-black reanimation deck a few days earlier. I thought, you know, it doesn't make an immediate impact on the game, but it's a good blocker, and it can close up the game relatively quickly. But I then have to think, what kind of cards can deal with this? And more importantly, what decks am I weak to, and in respect, what kind of removal does that deck have to try and take care of the dragon? Well, my black-blue deck felt pretty weak against a red aggro matchup, uh, a red-white deck matchup in particular. So 
in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, so what kind of removal does the red-white or the red deck have that could take care of this dragon? Well, Swift Response is one in the white side of the red-white deck, but if you're red-white, you're probably not playing a Swift Response because, well, your opponent probably is not going to be tapping sideways to attack often. It just is going so fast, you need to hold your blockers back. And outside of that, I mean, even red, turn dislike doesn't take care of the 6-6 six, six flying dragon. And even if I block and then trade a removal spell, that two-for-one little additional value and getting that out a turn earlier is probably the tempo that's going to help me get a little bit further down in the game against certain aggro matchups. And let's say you're reanimating a Pursued Whale or a Gourmand. Clearly, right away, you're going to get that value. Same with the Replicator, too. The 4-4 four, four that makes another 4-4 four, four if you have two permanents of the same name on the battlefield that is not a token. That is amazing amazing value to bring back so thesis on this whole quick little episode the presence of black being at common opens up more possibilities because we have more copies of rise again in the field and as much as i was talking so much about the black blue and i think that this deck is being well highlighted by other members of the content creator community for example limited resources I think there is another reconfiguring of the narrative with black being so common at reanimation now that we just need to think about what are other ways we can take advantage of this. And what are other ways that we can look at this kind of deck archetype and help us reflect it in the future. So just a little quick extra audio episode for my lucky lounge rats. I just didn't even think about demonic embrace being a discard outlet that can help me bring back off-color reanimation spells in a black-red deck, and I was like, okay, this is just too cute. I have to share it with my friends out there. So in any case, the time of recording is 5.20 p.m. Central Standard Time. I hope all of my lucky lounge rats here on this Friday, you have a great weekend. If you are doing some FNM at home, have a great time on Arena, and no matter what, go out there and make some magical memories for yourself. My name is Corey, joined alongside Borok, and thanks for tuning in to the special bonus episode of Draft and Draft. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.